This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. The Blue Beetle. down upon the underworld to smash ganglands comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. But a crusade of the law, in reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind the strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue shade armor, flexible as silk but stronger than steel. Today's episode of The Blue Beetle is entitled The Invisible Ghost. Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret operates as The Blue Beetle, today matches brains and brawn with a cowardly, ruthless gang of crooked slot machine racketeers. Can he spike their plans to flood the city with crooked gambling devices? Will he be able to uncover the mysterious leader who directs their activities? What is behind their endeavor to install their machines at John Doyle's carnival? As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett is visiting his old friend and advisor, Dr. Fun. Danny, I've been studying up on slot machines. Yes? You find out anything interesting? Well, uh, I'm convinced that the difference between an honest machine and a dishonest or crooked machine is very slight. In fact, I'd say the difference was purely academic. What do you mean, Doc? Of course, you realize I'm referring now to nickel and dime or quarter in the slot machines for which you'll return if any will be a handful of coins. Yeah. That doesn't include vending machines for candy, chewing gum, cigarettes, etc. Oh, no, no, of course not. I'm speaking about those machines where you put a coin in the slot, push down the lever, and pictures of fruits or birds or playing cards whirl around and stop in different combinations. Yeah, I understand. Well, if certain combinations come up, a certain number of coins will be returned to you. Sometimes as many as 30 may come out. Uh, that's called a, a jack. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the boys on the force play the machines in Charlie's cigar store. And uh, how often do they hit the jackpot? Uh, I don't know. Not often, I'm sure. Yeah, precisely. Those machines are fixed in advance to release a jackpot every once, every thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, yes, even every hundred thousand times. In other words, if you were the only one playing the machine, you would have to put in one thousand or more coins before you'd win the jackpot. Mm-hmm. A nickel apiece, that's fifty dollars. Fifty dollars to win two dollars. All right, there must be enormous profits in those machines. Yes, yes, there is. Now, now let's suppose the machines these racketeers are trying to install are reasonably honest. 
say, uh, 1,000 to 1, uh, which is average. Yeah. In a place like John Doerr's Carnival, each machine should average 2,000 players a day. Let's say 10 machines were installed throughout the area. Well, that's conservative. Yes, yes, I know. But let's be conservative. 10 machines would get a play of 20,000 players a day, and the average amount spent on such machines is about 20 cents per person. Well, that's 100,000 nickels at 1,000 to 1 ratio. Uh, the machines would pay back 100 jackpots, or about $200. Yes, but the intake would be $4,000. Precisely. Intake, $4,000. Outgo, $200. And crooked operators will go to any lengths to make profits like that. Uh, just a minute, Dan. I'll see who it is, okay? Hello, Doc. Is the pride of the police force here? <laughs> if you mean Patrolman Dan Garrett, he's waiting for you, Madigan. Hello, Mike. Got the car out, time? Yep. Are you ready, Danny? Ready and waiting. Come on, Doc. Those crooked slot machine operators are going to get a big surprise when they run up against Officer Manigan and Patrolman Dan Garrett. Come on, Manigan. Let's go. <laughs> on special assignment, said Dan Garrett and Officer Manigan in the police car. What is their destination? What will they find when they get there? Will it be a simple routine clean-up job? Or will the will have to swing into action? Within ten minutes, the police car bearing Dan Garrett and Mike Manigan is pulling up inside the gates of John Doerr's car. Well, here we are at the carnival, Mike. Yeah, where do we head for? Now let's look around a bit. Okay, Danny. Knock down the cubby dollar with a baseball. Change your honor, little boy. Maybe you should be with the giant. Come on here, step right up. I used to play baseball with the Brooklyn Sandlapper. Why don't you try your hand at that baseball? I think they win. Maybe I can win a cubby dollar for my youngster. Come on, step right up. That's right here, you are. Great baseball for a giant. Now give me three of them bars. I'll show you what real pitching is. Just think, Lieutenant. One, two, three. That'll be a time. Thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, careful of your arm, Lieutenant Manigan. Remember, you're an old man now. Oh, yeah? No, cut out the kitten and watch this. Hey, better look out, fella. My pal has cross-eyed. Okay, better out, Dan, over here. Oh, one. Oh, that was just practice. Now watch this one. Uh, oh, two. Nice going, Manigan. Uh, the, the sun was in the eyes. Uh, but watch this one. Oh, hey, hey, I need those Oh, yeah, you good, Manigan. You hit the proprietor right in the old conch. You sure know your chippy dolls. Oh, what happened, Dora? Are you all right? I guess so. A tenth call fell on me as I was sitting at my desk here. Wait a minute. I'll have Manigan call a doctor. You may be seriously injured. Oh, don't call the doctor. I'll be all right in a minute. Here, I'll get you some water from the cooler. Oh, thanks. What uh, caused the pole to fall? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe one of the ropes holding it up rotted through and broke. Or was cut. Here, drink this. Thanks. Oh, that's good. I feel better now. Have those crooked slot machine racketeers been working on you? Slot machine racketeers? No. No, I'm, I'm sure they had nothing to do with this. Hmm. Have any of them been out to talk with you recently? Well, uh, yes. When? Last night. Any trouble? Well, we had a few words. They wanted me to put some of their machines in. And you refused? Yes. Did they threaten you? Oh, in a general sort of way. But you know how thugs and underworld scum are. 
It can't be, but most of them is blocked. Yes, yes, I know, but sometimes... Hello, Danny. Oh, hello, Mr. Doyle. Oh, hello, Mannigan. What, what happened? I'll tell you, going back in the police car. Okay, Danny. Mr. Doyle, you better have a couple of your men you can trust. Act as a bodyguard till I can get some men from the police department assigned to you. In the meantime, we're going to track down this gang of crooks and put them where they can do no more harm. Come on, Mannigan. Back to headquarters. <laughs> Headquarters, Commissioner Donnelly, upon hearing Dan's story, wanted full spearhead in a drive to round up the crooked slot machine racketeers. Late that night, Dan Garrett is in secret conference with Dr. Franz at his little apothecary shop. You know, I've got a hunch, Doc, that there is going to be something doing out at the carnival tonight after the crowd has gone home. And I suppose the little beetle will be buzzing around out there. Right. And probably nipping, too. Uh, look how he doesn't get nipped himself. No, not a chance. At least not permanently. Not with this blue beetle costume and mask. This Blue Beetle chain armor has saved my life many times. As long as I'm on the alert, nobody can overcome the Blue Beetle. I hope you'll always be on the alert, Danny. I'd hate to lose you. Oh, you've been a swell friend, Doc. I owe my life to you and this chain armor you made me. I'm working on something else that would be a great help to you, I believe, in your crusade against crime. What's that, Doc? A fluid that painted on your body or your suit of armor will make you practically invisible. Hey, have you got me over here? Yes, yes, uh, but it isn't perfected yet. What's it like? Well, you know that every object we can see has some color to it. Yeah. And as long as that color is in the color spectrum, the human eye can see the object. Yes. But if the object is some shade outside the color spectrum, it is invisible to the human eye. Oh, I see. And let's look what you're working on outside that color band. Ah, then if I painted myself with this liquid, I'd be invisible. Yes, yes, temporarily. What do you mean? Well, I've got to find a fixer. Something to add to the formula which will preserve the invisible qualities of the fluid longer. At present, it oxidizes too quickly and becomes visible to the human eye within a few minutes. Here, uh, here's some of it here in this jar. Oh, say, that's very interesting. Well, if you had a perfecter, I could use it on this book. Quiet, quiet. There's someone out in the front of the shop. You stay here and I'll see who it is. Hello, my man. Is anybody home? Coming, coming. Oh, hello, hello, Officer Manigan. And what brings you here at this hour? Oh, I was passing by and just thought I'd drop in. Is Danny here? Huh? Uh, no, uh, no, Danny's not here. Well, then, I think I'll wait a bit if you don't mind, Doc. Maybe he'll turn up. Well, I uh, hardly think you'll find Dan Garrett here tonight, Manigan. Hmm. Uh, by the way, have you seen the Blue Beetle around? The Blue Beetle? You mean the fantastic character who's always outwitting the police? He won't outwit them forever. Someday I'm going to catch up with that baby, and when I do... Well, now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I have... Uh, by the way, Doc, some neighbors of yours was telling me they've seen the Blue Beetle in this neighborhood late at night. What? Would you be knowing anything about that? Well, I, I rarely go out at night. I, I spend most of my time in my laboratory. Is that it back there, that room? Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes. I never saw one of them things. you mind if I take a look at that? Well, I'd rather you... Uh, you see, I, I'm making some... Oh, I won't that. touch anything, Doc. I just want to look. Well, uh, well, the What is it? What is it? What do you see? Hmm. So, that's the laboratory. <laughs> what a place. Yes. Yes, that's the laboratory. Must be great to have brains like you, Doc. Well, so long. I've got to be going. Uh, tell Danny I was in. Yes, yes, I will, man, again. Uh, good night. And keep your eyes open for the blue beetle. <laughs> Danny. Danny, where are you? <laughs> right beside you. What? Yes, when I heard Manigan outside, I quickly coated myself with your new formula. When he looked into the laboratory, I was standing right in front of him. Well, well, that certainly was a great test. But the effects are beginning to wear off. I can see a slight tinge of the blue of the blue beetle armor shining through. Hey, Doc, I've got to be on my way. I'd like to take some of this liquid along with me and use it tonight. All right, Danny, all right. Uh, but be careful. Remember, the effects fade away quickly. Thanks, Doc. 
Say, those racketeers will get the surprise of their lives when they hear the Blue Beetle but can't see him. You'd better hurry, Danny. It's, it's about closing time for the carnival. Yeah. Now uh, the Blue Beetle will have to really ride the night wind tonight. <laughs> Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. On through the night speeds the Blue Beetle in his fast motor car. As he nears the carnival, he parks his car in a hidden spot and approaches John Doar's tent on foot. So you won't sign up, eh? No. Not for any crooked schemes like yours. Okay, it's your funeral, Doar. Work on him, Frenchie. How about it, Doar? The answer is still no. Give it to him again, Frenchie. <coughs> so you won't sign, eh? Well, it's more of the same. The Blue Beetle. Yes. The Blue Beetle. Oh, there is no Blue Beetle here. It's a trick. Blue has got a phonograph planted someplace. That's so. Well, here's something planted, and it wasn't a phonograph. No. Hey, Fetchy, what is this? No, I do not. No, I see nothing. Well, maybe you can see stars. Come on. Come on, let's get out of here before I go up and up. I can't fight. Oh, wait a minute. Let me help you on your way with my foot. Now get going, both of you. And if the Blue Beetle ever sees you again, I'll blast you wide open. Come on, Fetchy. You gotta tell the boss about this. You all right, Doris? I don't know. I can't see you. Am I blind? No, Doris, you're not blind. I'll do what I can. Phone police headquarters and report what just happened. All right. I will. And don't worry. The blue beetle's on the job. I'm going to trail those men. Maybe they'll lead me to their hangout. I'll get going. The blue beetle's got a lot of missing to do. <laughs> Will the Blue Beetle catch up with a thug to a beating John Doris? What about the invisible tape? Will it wear off before the Blue Beetle reaches his destination? What will he find when he gets there? Out of the carnival grounds, dash the Blue Beetle, just in time to see the two thugs drive off in a long sedan. Getting into his own car, the Blue Beetle gave chase. Still out on the river road. Those thugs are taking the road that leads to the old haunted house. That must be the headquarters. We'll have to take a chance. My invisible tape is wearing off. I'll force them off the road and they'll have to stop. 
You better have. And one thing more. If you don't come back with Dorr's signature or with Dorr himself, you'll be pushing up daisies when spring comes round again. Hey, listen, boys. That's a cop. Yes. How did they find out? It's stupid fool. You must have left that frame of my wife. No, boss. Nobody saw us but the blue beetle. You hide, brother. Behind that screen over there. They've got nothing on me. I'll meet them. Good night. Good night. Raise that iron panel. Yes, sir. All right, boys. You got your guns? Here we go. Come on. Good evening, gentlemen. Calling rather late, aren't you? The law's on the job 24 hours a day. Admirable. Something wrong? Yes. You. Me? What have I done? Your friends have tried to kill an old man, and you were trying to install your crooked slot machines at the carnival. I assure you, you've made a mistake, Sergeant. I ain't, Sergeant. It's plain Officer Mannigan, and we ain't made no mistakes. The Blue Beetle phoned us ten minutes ago. Now I know you're mistaken, Officer Mannigan. The Blue Beetle couldn't have phoned you. Oh, the Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. What? It must be a ghost. The Blue Beetle. No, not dead. Just invisible. I know, no. It, it can't be. I saw him drop down that wall. Well, I thought you were trying to He's say... He's trying to tell you, Mannigan, that he saw me drop to my death. Through that trap door you're standing on. Holy Moses, I never noticed it. Let's get off quick. Hey! Where are you, Blue Beetle? I'm here. There. Everywhere a criminal tries to hide. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. Not until you've confessed to this crime. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, confess, you crook, or I'll choke it out of you. No, 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 no. Take me away from here. Take me to police headquarters. I confess. Only don't let the Blue Beetle's ghost get me. All right, right. Put the hands up, sir. All right, Very good work, Blue Beetle. Wherever you are, and uh, thanks. But don't forget... Someday I'm going to catch up with you. And when I do, I'm going to run you in just on general principles. That's okay with me, Mannequin. But remember, you first got to catch me. <laughs> Hello, Mannequin. Give my regards to the commissioner. <laughs> broke up another racket that was playing on unsuspecting amusement seekers. What happened when he fell through the trap door? How did he escape from his living tomb? Let's look in on Dr. Fran's little apothecary shop, where Patrolman Dan Garrett is relaxing after a strenuous night. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, you sure have luck, <laughs> don't I? Now when I felt myself falling, I twisted myself so I landed on my feet. The twist must have thrown me to one side so that instead of landing on the concrete floor... I landed in a fairly deep stream of water that flows under the cellars of that haunted house. That's uh, remarkable. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, what did you do then? Well, I let myself be carried along by the stream, keeping my head above water whenever I could. And how far did it carry you? Oh, about 500 feet underground. When I came up in the open, I quickly covered myself with your invisible paint, rushed back to the house, and entered with the police. Uh, excuse me a minute. There's someone's out front in the store. Hello, Gus. Hello, Mr. Quinn. My nurse just got a touch of the flu. Dear, dear, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, just a minute. Here you are. Uh, that will be ten cents. Mm -hmm. Here's a quarter. Say, did you hear? That mysterious killer on horseback just killed another cop. Another one? That makes the sixth in as many days. Oh, here's your change. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Yeah, strange the police can't seem to do nothing about it. Well, here's one policeman that's going to do something about it. And right now. Oh, so it's patrolman Dan Garrett. Yeah. So long, Doc. If Mannequin calls, I'm over at police headquarters.
What is this new scourge that has struck the city? Six policemen shot in one week by a mysterious horseman. Undoubtedly a strange, deadly maniac. Will Dan Garrett run into Earth? Or will it take the Blue Beetle to avenge these deaths? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. Now, here's the Blue Beetle to say a few words. The moral of this story is that courage will often win against any and all odds. If you are right, stick to your guns through thick and thin, and you'll come through somehow. All of the real leaders of our day in every human endeavor have courage. Call it nerve, bravery, whatever you will. But acquire it if you haven't already got it. Hold on to it. For it's very, very precious. This country we live in was built on courage. The Blue Beetle is a copyrighted Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics magazine and the Blue Beetle magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on the same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to... The Blue Beetle. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. By none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled Death Rides on Horseback. A mysterious masked rider has been waging a one-man war on the city's police department. Several policemen have been shot down, murdered in cold blood by this scene on horseback. Every man on the force has sworn vengeance against this mysterious killer. Patrolmen in pairs patrol their boots, but always the killer marks his victims, shoots him down, and gallops away to a secret hiding place in the vast wilderness of the city park. Can no one track him down? Is there no one to put an end to this one-man blitzkrieg? What is his motive? As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who is also the Blue Beetle, is with his friend and advisor, Dr. Franz, in his apothecary shop. Danny, what are you going to do? You're going to get that killer if it's the last thing I do. Now, be careful, Danny. You know this mysterious killer shoots policemen on sight. I know that. But you'll have to be pretty quick on the draw to beat Mannequin and me. I 
feel easier about you if you were dressed in your blue chain armor of impenetrable steel. Well, so would I, but first I've got to meet this mysterious horseman in the uniform of a police officer. Manigan and I are going to take a little jaunt through the park in a patrol car. Well, you must be But be careful. I will, Doc. And now I've got to be moving along. I'm meeting Manigan at headquarters at 10 o'clock. Nearly that now. Go along, Doc. I'll see you later. Yes, Danny. This mysterious killer may be the Blue Beetle. What makes you think that? I don't know. It's sort of a hunch I have. But the Blue Beetle has never been a killer. At least not of the forces of law and order. Yeah, that's true. But still, he's always working undercover. He, he may not be the killer, but it wouldn't surprise me to learn he is in cahoots with him. Ah, you got the Blue Beetle on the brain. Huh? Ah, maybe so, maybe so. But someday I'm going to land that baby and... Hey, hey, what's that stop right ahead? It's changing. Hey, okay. Uh, Danny, will you see if you can find me keys on the floor there? Hmm? I think they slipped out of my pocket when I got in the car. Okay. No, I don't see anything. All right, right cover. He's never turning this. Oh, he got me, Danny. The killer. Where, Manigan? In the neck and shoulder. I didn't have time to draw me. Well, I wasn't even looking. Those keys of yours. Yes, I know, Danny. Here. You move over this way. Let me slip under the wheel. Where are you going? I'm going to drive you to the hospital first, and then no, I'll... No, I'm not hurt by it. Let's get out to that baby that just winged me. Well, let's... Are you sure you can hold out? Sure, I can. Well, okay, then. Here we go. Off through the park, at the police car after the murder department. Twice the two policemen spied him galloping across the great lawn and around the reservoir. But each time they tried to cut him off, he changed direction. And finally he disappeared. Late that night, at the little apothecary shop... Dr. Friend. Hey, Dr. Friend, where are you? Oh, hello, Danny. What's up? I just ran into the killer and... Uh, you're not hurt? No, he got Manigan, though. Dead? No, nothing serious. They said at the hospital. Flesh wounds, that's all. Well, how did this happen? Well, we stopped with the traffic lights in the park. I was looking for Manigan's keys on the floor of the car when suddenly the killer appeared out of nowhere, started firing, and then dashed away in his horse. We gave chase but lost him in the woods. Well, what are you going to do now? The little beetle is going to nip this killer and nip him good. Your chain armor and mask is in the back room there. I rather expected you'd be needing them tonight. Thanks, Doc. And is my equipment in that secret place in my belt? Yes. Everything is complete. Fine. I borrowed a horse from the stables of the murdered squad when no one was looking. He's outside now. As soon as I get into my blue beetle armor, there'll be another mysterious horseman in the park. But this one will ride as an avenging angel. Will the blue beetle catch the mysterious killer on horseback? What will happen when these two horsemen meet? Can Dan Garrett of the Blue Beetle avenge the death of his brother officers on the police force? Let's look in on the editorial rooms of the York City Chronicle. Hello? Hello? Yeah, that's the Chronicle. Okay, give it to me on the phone. Charlie, I'm worried about John Mason. He's out on this machine. Yeah. I didn't assign it to her. I, I tried to discourage her, but she insisted she was tired of writing about gardens and babies and that she craved action. She'll get action if she runs into the killer. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I've got a couple of our men tracking her just in case. He's got the stuff that part of them made over. I don't know anything about her. Yeah, if you're right. Thanks, Biggie. What? What? No sign of her since she what? Say, I told you not to let her out of your sight. I don't care what happens. Get back there and find that mason girl and bring her in with you, or don't come back. What's up? That was one of the men I sent to train Joe. He says he saw her disappear behind some bushes at the foot of a cliff in the wildest part of the park. 
When he got up to that point, there was no in sight. Just then he heard hoofbeats approaching. He hid and saw a horseman dash by him, and he... What do you make of it? I don't know. But I'm going to call the commissioner and give him this information. We've got to find that girl. What has happened to Joan Mason? Who was the mysterious horseman Editor Crane mentioned? Was it the fiendish killer? Or was it the Blue Beetle? In the still of the night, a lone horseman steals along one of the park's many bridle paths. Suddenly, he draws rein. I wonder who that is ahead there, silhouetted against the sky. It may be a mounted officer. Or it may be... He's moving off. Down toward that traffic light on the highway. Let's go, Black Star! Commissioner of Police. Yes, me. The political power I represent has promised me the job. There's only one person standing in my way. Who? You. I'd have put you out of the way long ago. But Calavita, 
So, I mean... So it's Carletti that's behind all this. Yes. Now, don't think for a minute you'll ever have a chance to spill the beans unless you agree to come in with us. You'll end your career in this little cell. The chief admires you and can use you. He wants you to be on our side. He wants you to, to lay off the friends. Now, there's plenty of dough in it for all of us, and you'll get yours. But don't think you can agree to work with us and then double-cross us. We'll be wise to any trick you try to pull. I see. When will Scarletti want his answer? Hmm. Take your time. There's no hurry. Take a week to rest up here. You've been pretty active recently. You need the rest. Of course, there's uh, there's no food here and no drinking water. Unless I open this valve to the park reservoir and flood yourself. Hmm. But what's a little thing like that to the loopy? The answer is no. Go ahead, do your work. Tell Scarletti that I say there's not enough money in the United States Mint to buy the Blue Beetle. I'll get Scarletti and others like him. No matter how high I have to fly. All right. I'll take your message to Scarletti, but when I return, you won't be alive to hear his answer. Now, let's see you swim out of this, Mr. Blue Peter. What will happen to the Blue Beetle now? Can he escape from this subterranean prison before the water reaches the level of his mouth? What has become of Joan Mason, the girl reporter who vanished just outside the secret hideout? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Hurry, Danny. Hurry, boy. Hurry. Back. 
stop from becoming a little more cute? I can't give you any more. You're getting the limit. Okay, Doc. Okay. The water's up to my neck, but there's only one more toy to cut away. Then I'll be able to put... Come on, 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 come Five minutes late. I'll take care of it. Good. Listen, I am a respectable businessman. Everybody know I'm a respectable. I'm a friend to everybody. You are my agent. You take care of a thing. Someday you'll be police commissioner. Thanks, Chief. And now you go. Take a rock over a blood with you. No, this way. Yeah. Nobody must see you leave my house. And remember, if my name is connected with Easter... You will also disappear permanently. Meanwhile, in the subterranean hideout, a ghostly figure is stealing up a winding stairway. Ahead of him, a spotlight plays on the wall as he mounts. In the middle of that circle of light is a large blue beetle. What's that noise? Just a minute, I'll see what I can do for you. Who are you? The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. Who are you? John Mason of the Chronicles. How did you get in there? Some man put me in here. Hey, don't ask questions. Get me out of here. I'm cold and I'm hungry. Oh, now, take it easy. I'll see if any of the master keys I have will fit. There you are. Hey. Hey. You're a good-looking girl. Never mind the compliments. Let's get out of this place. First, tell me how you got in. Well, I told the editor of my paper I wanted to work on this case. Dangerous work for a girl. Oh, I love danger. You must. Go on. Well, today I saw a horseman disappear in the bushes at the foot of the cliff. When he didn't reappear, I grew suspicious. So tonight, I decided to investigate. Just as I pushed my way through the bushes, I heard a horseman coming. I ran along the foot of the cliff. I must have tripped and fallen because the next thing I remember, I was lying at the bottom of the old abandoned bear pit. Yes? And then what happened? I noticed a large iron trap door in the floor of the pit. I raised it and found a flight of stairs. It was pitch dark, but I decided I was going to finish what I started. So I descended. In pitch darkness? Yes, I've got to show that editor that a woman can make as good a reporter as any man living. <laughs> I see. That accounts for it. Go on. Pretty soon, I turned a corner. I saw a light. By lantern night, a man was reading some documents. He must have heard me because he flashed a spotlight in my eyes. I turned to run, but it was too late. He grabbed me and put me in that room there where you just found me. How would you like to help me catch the killer? And also get a front page scoop for your paper. I love it. Very well. I think we're going to see some action very soon. You stay hidden until I can get a gun for you. Are you sure? I'm a Texas Ranger's daughter. Oh, I'm about to girl. Well, bring it down to my office. Oh, boy, I'm here. Oh, she's a beautiful... Oh, she's beautiful. Very much alive and ready to nip. Come on. Come You mustn't get out of here alive. You'll see who gets out of here alive, you foul murderer. Your time's up. Oh, yes. Well, I can still shoot. Oh, yes. You're killing things at all, but you can't eat it up, Ruby Doe. Little kick that I put in your disarm. And this, and this. And 
you're out like a light. Come on, you thought Roscoe or Paco or whatever your name is. You're first. Hey, boss, boss, you get him from that side. And I'll get him from this side. And the blue people will get you both like this, right up close. <laughs> I ought to strangle you both, but I'll let the law do that. You and your chief here and the old, soul reputable Scarletty. There, I'll just knock your heads together. Let go of you and let you fall. Miss Mason, you can come out now. Oh, I'm already out. I have these men covered with the gun you kicked out of the killer's hand. That's fine. Now, here's your chance to get a scoop of your paper. Well. Do you know Scarletty? Sure, he's the big one distributor. Yes, and he's also the top man of the underworld. He's bigger than the Duke, the Octopus, and a lot of others. Really? That respectable businessman? The same. If his scheme for political control had clicked, the killer there would have been made commissioner of police. That murderer? Yes. What a diabolical scheme. Yes, the city would have been systematically robbed and the police made helpless. Oh, what a story for the Chronicle. Well, this story will make me. I hope so. What are you going to do? Blue Beetle has one more call to make tonight. Hello. Hello. I'm a tell you I'm a respectable businessman. I know. No. How much money? Hmm. Mm-hmm. time I wish I was an also one. No, I know one at some part of it. Why don't I talk to someone like the the adder? Is a crook, but to me, I'm a respectable businessman. Go by. Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle, you hypocrite. Why, you come here. I'm a respectable... Yes, I know you're a respectable businessman to most of the world, but not to the Blue Beetle. What do you mean? You're not Tenefix. That's the noise. She's at the law. Coming for you, Scarlett. Hello. Hello. Yes, your sins have found you out. Your candidate for police commissioner is already a prisoner. Incriminating documents connecting you with many murder projects and underworld rackets are in the hands of the York City Chronicle and will be published. Put down that gun, Scarlett. It's too late for... Oh. You choose suicide rather than face the music. Well, your death will help to clean up a lot of rackets. Look at him for Coleman Mandigan. Blue Beetle has a present for you. Paper. All right, I've got to cover it. Wait. It's gone. Hey, Mannequin. Look on the floor there. It's Carletti. It's his woman. There's a note sent to his body. Yes. Yeah. It's just... Carletti, king of the underworld. A present from the Blue Beetle to Detective Mannequin. <laughs> Well, that was a close call. The water rose to the level of my mouth just as I finished cutting away out of it. So, I had to swim underwater to the stairway, but when I reached that, I was thinking, well, now, Danny, I, uh, you'd better get some rest. It's almost too night. Uh, you can come in on the coast. Oh, no, thanks, Doc. I think I will. Uh, excuse me. Hello? 
food. Can't get it? Yes. Yes, he's here. Oh, uh, Danny, it, it, it is for you. Okay. Hello? Man Garrett speaking. Oh, hello, Manigan. You did? Gee, that was great. You ought to get a promotion. Huh? Insurance racket. Well, that sounds like an interesting assignment. The commissioner wants to see me later talk in his office? Okay, I'll be there. Good night. Sally, Doc, I can't stay with you. I've got to get home and lay out my dress uniform. I'm due at the commissioner's office in a few hours, and I've got to look my smartest. So long, Doc. There's no left for the law. And so Dan Garrett gets ready for a new assignment. What will develop in the insurance racket? What new dangers will he face? Can it be that there are still some criminal masterminds at work in the great city? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
the underworld to smash gangland. The friend of the unfortunate. Enemy of criminals. The mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police. But a crusade of the law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman. Loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue shade armor. Flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled Death Strikes from the East. In the city's Chinatown, sons of the Orient are restless, uneasy. The police department expects war between rival towns to break out at any moment and is prepared. What is behind this uneasiness? Is it something that concerns only the Chinese? Or is there an occidental hand at work pulling the strings like a phantom puppeteer? As our story opens, patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is the Blue Beetle, discusses the situation with his friend and confidant, Dr. Ferns, in his little apothecary job. You know, Doc, winning here on this counter, it's hard to realize that you and I are only a few city blocks away from the Orient. You're referring to Chinatown? Yeah. I wish I knew what was going on down there. Do you think rival towns are about to whirl on each other? No, nope, no doubt. Then, what do you think is causing this unrest the newspapers speak of? Fear and resentment, he said, no? Of whom? Of us. You mean the police? No. The white race. But what have we done to them? We don't molest them. No, it isn't that. I think there's some sort of a racket going on down there. Are you going to do anything about it? Well, I'm going to ask the chief to assign me to a beat in Chinatown. Ah, uh, you'd better be careful, Danny. You could disappear down there and no one would ever find you. Well, I'll be careful, all right. I've got a friend down there. A Chinese? Yeah. The restaurant keeper, Ling Wan. Cultured gentleman. I saved his life once and he's never forgotten. I'd imagine he could be very helpful. Well, I've got to run down to headquarters now. Maybe Mammick and I can both get assigned to that district. Well, good luck to you, Danny boy. Thanks, Doc. So long. The Coleman Dan Garrett is headed for the Orient. Danny, it's a wonder to me there ain't more big fires down here in Chinatown. Why, Mike? Well, everything's all congested. How's a fire engine ever going to get through here? Well, I'd be willing to bet that if I should sound the siren on this car, we'd have a clear track ahead almost immediately. Yeah, them babies can certainly scatter in a hurry. <laughs> hey, what's that, though? That's fun smashing up that Chinese restaurant. Come on, Mannequin. That looks like Ling Wan. Oh, hey. hey. Hey, what kind of talk is that? World will be I with a bunch of hoodlums. Rolling one. Ah, my friend, the Honorable Dan Garrett. After the whirlwind, the face of the sun appears to spread light upon a dark and dirty scene. I'm afraid the face of the sun has appeared too late to be of any help to you, Ling Wan. That which has been is done. Yeah, but where's the law? And we want to know who done it. Oh, Ling Wan, this is my friend and brother officer, Mike Manigan. The devastation which is mine is honored by the presence of a friend of the brave and honorable Dan Garrett. Well, now, uh, we'd like to get the facts in this case. Uh, suppose you let me talk with Ling Wan, Manigan. Or you make a report on this. I've had a hunch something like this was happening frequently here in Chinatown. Hey, 
young one, that the merchant refuses to pay tribute money to the one you call the Purple Dragon, to buy his merchandise to him, his shop is wrecked as yours was just now? That is true, my friend. The Purple Dragon controls the commerce of Chinatown. Well, what happens if the merchant still refuses to deal with the Purple Dragon after his place of business is wrecked? Some member of his family disappears. If it is an elder son, he meets the hatchet man in some dark street. If a younger son, he is found strangled. If the merchant has only daughters, one of them is kidnapped and offered as a human sacrifice to please the Tibetan earth goddess. You mean to say that they're actually sacrificed? Killed? There is a ceremonial conducted by the purple dragon which includes human sacrifice. Before the ceremony, however, the victim's hair is cut off and sent to her parents. If a sufficient amount of money is paid, the victim is released. Good Lord, Ling Wan. Why haven't the police been informed of this? One does not seek certain death needlessly. The purple dragon's eyes are everywhere. Well, Ling Wan, you're taking a great risk in having you in your home. But I assure you something will be done immediately to end this state of affairs. Who is this purple dragon? Have you any idea? He must be a powerful oriental. There is a growing suspicion that the purple dragon is not of our race, but of yours. What? A white man? I am sorry to say it, my friend, but it is so. Well, Dan Garrett is going to do something about that, and he's starting right now. I'm sworn to uphold the law, to serve justice, to drive every crooked racketeer from this city. This extortion racket must be smashed. heard of such a fiendish method of extracting money from honest businessmen. And you say Ling Wan believes the purple dragon to be a white man? That's right. He must be a very rich man. Yes, I imagine there are very few who refuse to pay tribute or to purchase their supplies through that crook. Well, so far as you know, the purple dragon has confined his extortion activities to Chinese merchants. Yes. I feel certain that if his operations extended beyond the confines of Chinatown, the police would have heard of it. I wonder what the answer is about. Well, just a minute, Doc. I'll buy a paper. Yes, you read all about it. Commissioner Warren's girl kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yes, Thank you. Yes, yes, you read all about Well, what do you know about this, Doc? Well, what is it, Danny? Commissioner Warren's daughter was kidnapped last night as she left a dance at the casino. Commissioner Warren? Yes, the commissioner of markets. Oh, I wonder what's back of that. The kidnappers can't expect to get much money out of Warren. He's not wealthy. No, and he's one of our most efficient officials. Say, you don't think. Well, what is it, Danny? I'm going over to Commissioner Warren's house and make a little investigation. Hey, hey, what's that? Uh, someone just threw a stone through the store window. Oh, here it is. There's a note tied to it. Well, what does it say, Danny? There's devastating tornado descend upon honorable place of business. If inquisitive patrolman Garrett extend nose into Chinatown. It's signed the Purple Dragon. Uh, let me see that note. Yeah. Apparently written with a brush that the Chinese use. Yes, yes. But, uh, but it wasn't written by a Chinese. What do you mean? The Chinese writing is distinctive. The technique of Chinese brush writing is such that even if a Chinese were writing in English, the brush marks would be distinctively Chinese. 
says this note was written by a man who at one time might have lettered addresses on shipping cases. Uh, a shipping clerk, I would say. Well, that's very interesting, Doc. The purple dragon, or whoever writes his notes for him, is a white man. Well, Doc, this note spikes my guns. I can't endanger you and your business. Oh, don't be silly, Danny. Don't be silly. Your duty comes first. I can take care of things here. And just let somebody start something. There are things in my laboratory back there that will make them wish they'd stayed away. Well, I've got to be going, Doc. Take care now and don't worry. I'm not going to Chinatown. My next call is in the opposite direction. Commissioner Warren, I... I've been assigned by the police commissioner to do a little investigating in this case. Yes, I'm glad you have my boy. I'd appreciate any information you could give me, Commissioner. I'll give you what I can. Have you, have you any enemies? Yes, plenty of them. In my position, there are bound to be individuals and groups who resent my interference with their attempts to extort money from the firms that do business with the city. Oh, there is an extortion racket. Well, yes. At least I am convinced that many merchants are paying out money to protect their goods and places of business from destruction. In, uh, in Chinatown, for instance? Well, yes. How did you know? I have a friend in Chinatown. Mm, I see. Well, to be frank with you, I've been conducting a quiet investigation down there. You think your daughter's kidnapping is in retaliation? I'm certain it is. Why? Well, this note. I received it about an hour ago. Here, read it. Mm. The Tibetan earth goddess is angry. You are interfering with her plans. Unless you cease your efforts, you will never see your daughter again. Sign the Purple Dragon. This note was written by a white man also. What did you say? Oh, I, uh, I said this note was written. Excuse me. Messenger, leave package for Honorable Commissioner. Thanks, Ling Chow. Who was it? Ling Chow, no thing. Messenger, push button, leave package and doorstep, then away. All right, Ling Chow, you may go. Uh, Better not open that, Commissioner. Hmm? Might be a time bomb or some type of infernal machine that'll explode when open. It doesn't feel heavy enough. Any sound of ticking? Not that I can hear. Let me have that package. I'll open it. You stand over there. Now be careful, Garrett. Force can't afford to lose men like you, you know. Thanks, Commissioner. Well, here goes. Hmm. What is it? A box full of golden hair. My daughter. Her hair is that color. You don't think that... Oh, she... no, she's not dead yet, but... Something will have to be done quickly, and I'm going to do it. What are you going to do, Dan? I've got a hunch, and I'm going to play it. What can I do to help? Call up the Income Tax Bureau and find out if you can which two or three persons in the city showed the greatest increase of income last year. Also, find out anything else you can about them. When you get the information, phone it to Dr. Fran or to me at his shop. I'm certain that one of these persons will prove to be the Purple Dragon. Subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. 
from the original Loot Crate. The Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! Through the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. What does Dan Garrett plan to do next? Will his activities draw down upon his good friend Dr. Franz, the wrath of the Purple Dragon? What will happen when the Blue Beetle faces the Purple Dragon? Meanwhile, in a room adjoining the auditorium of a little Chinese theater, deep within the confines of Chinatown, a group of hard-faced men are receiving instructions from their chief. I want you men to get this straight. There must be no slip-up. At 11.30 tonight, you have Commissioner Warren in this theater, or else. I don't care how you get him here, but get him. Sure, boys, we'll get him. Bring him in the back way. Put him in one of the boxes to the left of the stage. Is that clear? Yes. You two men stay with him. Tell him if he makes a move to escape, he'll never see his daughter alive again. You got that straight? Yeah, we got that straight. Well, and you leave the rest to the purple dragon. In Dr. Fern's laboratory, Dan Garrett is donning the mask and blue chain armor of the Blue Beetle. Oh, uh, Danny, Commissioner Warren called just before you arrived. Oh, what did the commissioner have to say? Uh, he said the two most financially successful men last year were Roger Gillespie, the contractor, and a fellow by the name of Anthony Rondos. Gillespie seems to have made a fortune during the building boom last year, and Rondos apparently made a great success of the importing business. Mm. Rondos is our man, I'm sure of it. Where's he lived, did Warren say? Yes, he recently bought Sidley Home. I know that place. Yes, Danny, I know. I remember you visited the house secretly one night while you were making an investigation of Banker Ridley's strange death on the operating table. That's the place. Well, that'll be the beat Blue Beetle's first call tonight. Go on, Doc. Yes, this is Wonder. What's that? Now, now, listen, lady. I won't be able to see you tonight. I'm going with some of the boys to a show. A Chinese masquerade. What? Well, I'm going as a purple dragon. Yeah, ain't that something? Yeah. Yeah, well, goodbye. I've got to get going. Yes, Mr. Purple Dragon, alias Tony Wonders. Extortionist and blackmailer, the blue beetle. Oh, you're wise to my racket, eh? Yes, and I'm going to end your racket tonight. That's what you think. But no one is going to end my racket tonight or any other night. I will not bother to shoot. Your bullet can't pierce this chain armor I'm wearing. The blue beetle is... Oh, oh I throw Good work, Wang Pao. Hold the silk and cord tighter around the blue beetle's neck. Ah, uh, that's enough. He's gone under. Let him drop. 
Is the blue beetle dead? I don't know, but tie him up and throw him in the vault downstairs. Oh, here. Here's a hundred bucks. Buy yourself a new opium pipe. I'm going down to Chinatown. I'll deal with the blue beetle later. I demand to know where you're taking me. To see your daughter, Commissioner Warren. Where is she? Where have you hidden her? If you come to head of her head, I'll Don't see Don't worry, Commissioner. She ain't dead yet. Her hands are in the shorts since the triple dragon cut it off. But that was necessary for the part she's playing tonight. Part? What part? She's playing a part in a Chinese play. What sort of a game is this? My daughter's not an actress. Let me out of here. Quiet, quiet, Commissioner. If you want to see your daughter again, alive... All right. What is it you want? A federal dragon wants you to resign as commissioner of markets. What? Never. I've sworn to protect the merchants of this city against extortion rackets, and I intend to do it. Better think it over, commissioner. This part your daughter's playing is awful dangerous. Come on, commissioner. This is the place. In you go. Maybe you'll change your mind when you see the play. <laughs> Meanwhile, in his laboratory, Dr. Franz is working on some of his interesting experiments. Hmm. Mm hmm, yeah. Now, let's see. Four cc's of number 17. And... There's someone out front in the store. Uh, Tommy? You always say Dr. Franz? Yes, yes, I am, Dr. Franz. Uh, what can I do for you? How do I look in his Chinese costume? <laughs> Bless my soul. <laughs> you know, you know, for a minute, I, I thought Confucius himself had entered my shop. <laughs> and my disguise was oh, it's excellent, Danny, excellent. Uh, but why is the Blue Beetle dressed as a Chinese coolie? Well, the Blue Beetle is attending a theater party in the old Chinese theater tonight as an uninvited guest. And I think that when the party is over, the Purple Dragon and his extortion racket will be a thing of the past. Anything I can do to help? Yes. I uh, saw among your collection of curios an ugly Chinese warrior's mask. I'd like to borrow it for the moment. Oh, certainly, Danny, certainly. I, I'll get it for you. It's, it's a mischief. I'm going to throw a scare into some real as well as fake Chinese tonight. Hey, what an ugly mask. Here, let me put it on. There we are. Now, how do I look? Oh, terrifying. <laughs> well... The stage is set and the audience is waiting. Good night, Doc. The Blue Beetle is playing a new role tonight. In a dimly lit auditorium, a hushed group of Chinese merchants await the performance they have been ordered to attend. In a box at the left of the stage sits a man, apparently the only Occidental present. Beside him sit two grim-looking individuals in Chinese costumes. A strange power seems to hold the audience hypnotized as the curtain begins to ascend and reveals a large altar in the center of the stage, surrounded by lighted candles. Upon the altar is stretched the bound figure of a white girl, shorn of her hair and clad in a white silk kimono. 
embroidered with a large purple dragon. Before the altar stands a gigantic Chinese, his head covered with a golden helmet and his face hidden behind a cruel, hideous mask. His upraised hands clutch a two-edged sword. Back of him are grouped a dozen tense, muffled Chinese, likewise masked. Suddenly... I paid to the present goddess angry. The white infidel has defied her will. So to the present goddess must be appeased. Human sacrifice must be made upon the altar. No, no, that's my daughter. I am the goddess speak again. A voice says, death to white maiden. No, no, I don't know anything. What is it to demand? I infidel interfere with priest activities of Father. He empowered Chinese merchants to withhold tribute. I priest of a dragon demand you resign from high office. No, I won't resign. This is a racket. You and your gang have come out to fingers. I am three times of Father Hospital. Our verdict is death. All right, maiden, only our blood upon this altar will appease us at us. The blue beetle! Yes, the blue beetle! Reincarnation of the Oriental God of Final Judgment. The blue beetle, that creepy Chinese man, compared to the face. The real blue beetle is in the form of my hall. When shall put him there? Oh, Father's intention. He calls for sacrifice. Oh, oh, Father's. I give you your... Don't set for your blast you with my magic ray. The world of goddess is in ruling. We cannot be touched. You will give us all of us to the place. another racket and regained for his fellow citizens the admiration and respect of a grateful people. Later that night, the Corman Dan Garrett, no longer in the costume of the Blue Beetle, sits in Dr. Fran's laboratory discussing the case with Dr. Fran. Well, Danny, uh, what gave you your first clue? A package of hair. The commissioner received. Mm-hmm. And to think that such things can be. Why didn't some of those Chinese merchants report this racket to the police? Fear of vengeance. You know, Doc, Fear is the greatest enemy of mankind. Back of every hatred, every failure, every broken human relationship. Uh, that's very true, Danny. Well, Buck, run along now. Got to get some sleep sometime. Uh, that's true. 
Patrolman Dan Garrett has to rest if the Blue Beetle wants to fly. <laughs> Good night, Doc. I'll drop in tomorrow and see how you're coming along with that new portable television set you're building. So Dr. Franz is working on a portable television set. Will it be successful? How can the Blue Beetle use it to run down criminals? What will be the Blue Beetle's next case? These questions will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. Copyrighted Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspapers. And don't forget to listen in. into Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. But a true state of the law, in reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled The Sea Serpent. Rumors have reached the city that a sea serpent has been ravaging the nearby coast. Already, several bodies have been washed ashore. Each of them has borne the mark of a serpent's fang. What is behind these rumors? Are they true? Is there really a sea serpent ravaging the coast? Or is there a definite plan on foot to frighten people away from the shore resort? As our story opens, Dr. Franz is listening to the radio while dusting the shelves of his little apothecary shop and awaiting the usual morning call of his young friend, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle. Morning, Doc. Oh, hello, hello, Danny. Hey, what's that, a radio? Don't tell me you're going to modernize this quaint little shop of yours. Oh, it's not that bad. I just thought I'd like to have a little music once in a while. Customers also like to get the baseball scores. Mm, fine. Well, what are you and Mike Manigan doing these days? Any special assignment? No. No, it's a little quiet since we chased those racketeers out of Chinatown. But what do you think about this sea serpent scare? I don't really know what to think. 
other such things as sea serpents, Doc? Well, the term sea serpent has been associated with huge dragon-like creatures we read about. But as a matter of fact, a serpent can be any size. According to reports, the bodies of these bathers who were bitten showed signs of having been poisoned. That's strange. We interrupt our regular program to bring you a special news bulletin. Breaker City. The body of another bather was brought ashore by lifeguards this afternoon. The bather, a man about 50, showed signs of distress while swimming about 300 feet offshore. His cries for help were immediately answered by lifeguards who rushed to his rescue. However, when brought to shore, he failed to respond to efforts at restoration and died on his way to the hospital. Doctors who examined the man reported finding marks upon the man's leg resembling snake bites. They contend that the man did not drown, but died from the effects of poison. Late news dispatches will be given over this station as the feed. We continue now with our regularly scheduled program. Very strange. Yes, in fact, I'd say the whole thing looks very fishy to me. If you'll excuse the pun. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, our territory doesn't extend beyond the city limits. But I'm going to ask the commissioner, that officer Manigan and me, take a run down to Breaker City and see what we can uncover. That's a good idea, Danny. The sea air will do you good. If I go, I'll drop in the sea when I get back. Are you wearing the poison detector ring I gave you, Danny? Wouldn't be without it. You may find it useful on this case. Remember, the stone turns from green to yellow in the presence of poison. I know. Well, so long, Doc. If I catch a sea serpent, I'll stop him and bring him back to you. Dark driving through these pine woods. Yes, and the rain doesn't make driving any easier. You know, it, it seems kind of strange to be walking on a case in cities. They don't feel like somehow. I guess I must have feel to the police captain to shine at me police badge. <laughs> you still look like a cop mannequin. Do I, Danny? Yeah. Nobody's ever mistake you for anything but an honest to goodness cop. Well, and that's what I am, I am. And I'm proud of it. Hey, say, there's a light ahead. Oh, that must be the lake house. Maybe they can put us up for the night. We can drive over to Breakers City in the morning. Yeah, that's a full idea. I'll pull in and you run in and see if they can take care of us. Good evening. Kind of wet outside, isn't it? Yes. Well, where does the duck? Uh, traveling far? My friend and I are on our way to Breakers City. We saw your lights and decided to stop off for the night. Uh, are you the clerk? I'm the owner. <laughs> Oh, several hotels around the lake here. Oh, I beg your pardon. Got any accommodations? Sorry, but we're all filled up. Mm, business must be good. Or has the rain forced the tourists inside? Yeah, it isn't the rain. We're having the best season we ever had. That's so. I thought the summer resorts were complaining about poor business. Not here at Pine Manor Lake. Well, I guess we'll have to keep going. It isn't far to break your city. You'll find plenty of accommodation there. Well, if you're filled up... They'll be too. I hardly think so. They're not doing so well this season. This sea serpent scare seems to be keeping people away from the seashore. But one man's misfortune is another man's gain. We seem to be getting the business that usually goes to the seashore. That's so. Well, that's very interesting. Tonight, I'm more anxious than ever to get to Breaker City. <laughs> Yeah, 
this is a swell room they gave us overlooking the ocean and only four bucks double. Yes, we must be the only guest in the hotel. Yeah, the lobby is as dead as a museum after closing hours. How about a bite to eat before we turn in? That's a good idea. Let's go in the coffee shop here. Sir? Come in. What'll it be? Uh, some java, a piece of apple pie a la mode, and uh, a slice of cheese. Eh? Yes, mister? Uh, well, my friend here is dieting, but I'm hungry. Bring me a glass of hot milk and a toasted roll. Well, such a husky lad, you're a small eater, Danny. Ah, uh, but what I eat makes muscle. Hey, look through that window up there in the boardwalk. Isn't that Joan Mason of the Chronicle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's coming this way. And there's a man following her. Hey, Danny, come on. Take your hands off that girl. Get girl. Beat it, my dear. I'll croak it. You and who else? Stop that gun. Oh, yeah? Well, how do you like this? Oh. After him, Daddy. I can't run. He got me in the leg. Is it bad? No, just a flesh wound. I'd better stay here and look after you and this Mason. Oh, well, Danny, I was never so glad to see anyone in my life. Are you all right? Yes, sir. What about Officer Manigan here? He can't walk. I'll be all right if Danny will lend me a shoulder to lean on. Oh, come on, Mike. We'll get you into the hotel and call a doctor. In the morning, we'll send you back to the city, a wounded hero. Okay. But right now, I want that piece of apple pie a la mode with cheese and the cup of java. You say, John, you talked with one of the lifeguards who's made several rescues? Yes, I told him I was investigating the sea serpent story for the Chronicle. What did he say? He said that in each case he'd seen... Something that looked like a serpent's tail lashed out of the water just before the victim cried for help. Have you found anyone else who claims to have seen the sea serpent? No, I haven't. Hmm. That's strange. Yes, isn't it? Where did you pick up this man who was following? In a restaurant on the boardwalk. He came in while I was eating and followed me when I left. Well, this sea serpent scares either a practical joker's plan gone haywire, or it's a well-thought-out scheme to ruin the season for Breaker City. Doesn't look like a joke to me. Mrs. Downs, the owner of this hotel, is ready to commit suicide. He's losing thousands of dollars every day. Well, you better get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning. What about Manigan? Oh, I'll put him on the train and ship him back to the city. The doc said his wound wasn't serious. But he won't be much help to us here. How about meeting me out on the pier? I'm pulling in the net at sunrise, and I may catch a sea serpent. <laughs> I'll be there with some salt for his tail. <laughs> Better hurry, Joan. They're starting to haul in the net. I'm right with you. Oh, there's Mr. Down. I want you to meet him. Good morning, Mr. Down. Oh, hello, Miss Mason. This is Dan Gare. Beautiful day, sir. Maybe to some people, but not to me. You seem down in the mouth. Well, you'd be down in the mouth if everything you'd strive for was gradually slipping away from you. I understand you're financially interested in Berkeley City. I own the Sunset Hotel, for one thing. This sea serpent business is making it tough for me. Tough is not the word. I'm on a special assignment from the New York City Police Department investigating this case. Oh, are you? Well, I certainly hope you can clear up this mystery. It's costing us hotel and concession owners thousands of dollars a day to keep open. There's no business except day excursionists. Well, I'll certainly do what I can. Uh, suppose you and Miss Mason come with me. I, I want you to meet Professor Meredith. He's an authority on fish and such things, and uh, he's in charge here. I'd like to meet him. All right, boys. Begin hauling in the net. Oh, Professor Meredith. Oh, good morning, Mr. Down. Uh, good morning. I'd like to have you meet Miss Mason of the Chronicle, Mr. Garrett of the York City Police. Oh, I 
Happy to meet you both, Hank. Thank you. Uh, by the way, who's that man standing over there? One of the dark hair. Oh, that's that nurse, one of the lifeguards. Yeah, and he's the man. Yes, I thought I'd seen him before. I beg pardon. Uh, oh, I was just telling Miss Mason uh, how long it'll be before you pull up the net. Yeah, they're pulling them up now. In just a moment, we discover if our hall contains the sea stuff. All right, then. Bring the net over to here. Keep the sides up. We don't want to lose anything. Okay. Yeah, that's got it. Oh, Lord, Yeah, that's quite a haul. Plenty of variety, Professor. I don't thought so. Yes, small ones. Yes, I was skate. We fish. Camelback. This one doesn't look like a balloon. Oh, that's a blowfish. A blowfish? Only in here, Miss Mason. But a big one. Well, I guess we'll have to try again. What's the use, Meredith? We won't find anything. We might as well admit we'll make some close up. I'd give a lot to know just what's out there. Well, I'm going to find out if it's still there. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to find out if these waters are safe to be there. Mr. Dell, you're not thinking... Yes, I am. I'm going into that water. If the sea serpent is there and wants human flesh, he can have mine. That's madness. What have I got to lose? I have no family. Everything I have is invested in this beast. If I can bathe here, so can everybody else. I'm going to get it over with. Captain, he's gone crazy with water. Hey, you lifeguard, grab him. Oh, here he goes, right up the pier. I'm going after him. No, Dan. Go to the lifeguard. Go, Dan. Keep your eyes on him, everybody. I'm going in, too. No, Danny, no. Poor me, Jones. I'm going out in that rowboat under the pier. Look, he's a down to swimming away from the car. He's a strong swimmer. Whatever made him do it? This thing has stayed on his mind for a long time. Look, one of the guards is there for help. You men won't follow a doctor. And form the lifeguard station for the plumber. Look! Mr. Dowd has grabbed the lifeguard and... Something's happened to Dowd. He's let go of the lifeguard and is sinking. Hurry, get out of the boat! Oh! The servant's got Mr. Dowd. He's got him. I know it. I know it. What is this slimy thing that lurks in the waters off Baker City? Is it a sea serpent or a poisonous fish? Will Danny solve this mystery? Or will the Blue Beetle have to go into action? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. City Hospital, Dan Garrett and Joan Mason are waiting outside one of the private rooms for Professor Meredith. How is it, Professor? Mr. Downs is dead. Dead? Yes. Didn't the poor motor help him? Mr. Downs didn't die from the effects of submersion. He died from the effects of a poisonous bite. Then you think there were two punctures on Mr. Downs' leg, like those left by the fangs of a fairly large serpent. No one saw anything in the water. Strange how the effect of that serpent's bite is exactly like the bite of a cobra. The reactions are identical. Could it be a water moccasin? You don't find water moccasins in the ocean. And their venom doesn't work in the same way. It works on the blood. Cobra venom works on the nerve center. Paralyzes the muscles. Controlling the act of breathing. Could it, could it be a fish? I hardly think so. No. Punctures were more like those of a fairly large snake. There aren't any cobras that live in the water, are there? 
The nearest thing I can think of is a serpent which is found in the tropical waters of the Pacific Ocean. But it's never been found in these waters. Hmm. Well, well, I've found out what I want to know. What are you going to do now? I'm going back to the city to check with my friend's last friend. I may be able to help on this case. When are you coming back? I'm not sure. Well, I think I'll stay a while and see what else I can pick up in this case for my new thing. Okay, but keep away from those two lifeguards. They're bad medicine. So you suspect the two lifeguards of being implicated in these deaths? Yes, I do. I'm convinced of it. What makes you so sure? Well, all the time I was rowing the boat with the two lifeguards and Mr. Downs back to shore, a stone in the poison detector ring was bright yellow. Poison in Mr. Downs' body. No. You see, after they took him away, the stone was still yellow. What about the man who tried to abduct Miss Mason and shot Lanigan? Did he say he resembled one of the guards? He was one of the lifeguards, but I didn't let on. I recognized him. Didn't want to spoil my chances of getting enough evidence to convict him in this larger case by showing my hand in the case of simple assault. Mm, very wise, very wise. But what are you going to do now? Put on my blue beetle armor and mask and... Uh, I'll answer it. Hello? The Roman Dan Garrett? Yes. Yes, he's here. It's for you, Danny. Long distance. Long distance. Robert John Mason. Hello? Oh, hello, Professor Meredith. What? Joan Mason has disappeared, but she hasn't checked out of the hotel? Well, I can't get down there myself, but I'll see that several of our best men are sent down right away. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. What's the trouble, Danny? It looks as if someone had kidnapped Joan Mason. Help me with my Blue Beetle costume, will you, Doctor? Why, certainly, Danny, certainly. Uh, where are you going? I'm driving down to Breaker City. But you just told Professor Meredith you weren't coming That's down. right. Dan Garrett isn't. But the Blue Beetle is. Pleasanter driving down in the moonlight than it was in the rain. Oh, there's somebody walking ahead of me in the road. He's got a long stick and a flashlight. Probably been fishing by moonlight. Want a lift? Oh, thanks, Richard. Yeah. Gee, you're going to a masquerade in that costume? Uh, uh yes. Uh, as a blue beetle. Say, I've heard of the blue beetle. You have, huh? What do people say about him? Well, I say he's a crusader against crime, and that he's invulnerable. Probably the truth. Gee, that's swell. Oh, where are you going? Oh, I'm taking a ride in the moonlight. Are you going fishing in the moonlight? No, I'm going home. Oh. I thought that was a fishing rod you had there. No, that's for catching snakes. Here, you, you see the sport stand on it? Oh, yes. Yes, I see it now. What do you do with the snakes? You sell them. Sell them? Mm-hmm. To whom? Oh, a couple of fellas back there in the woods. What do they do with them? Eat them? Eat them? <laughs> Folks don't eat rattlesnakes. You mean to say you catch rattlesnakes alive and sell them? Sure. Dead rattlers ain't no good to them, folks. Hmm. Say, if I gave you a dollar, do you think you could lead me to the place where these fellows you mentioned live? Sure I can. But 
You don't have to pay me a dollar, mister. I'll take you there for nothing. Okay, son. You'll get the dollar just the same. I'll turn around to the next crossroads. We'll pay a moonlight visit to your rattlesnake buyer. It's very unfortunate for you that you got as far as you did with your investigation. I'm sure your newspaper will miss your valuable services. What are you going to do with me? Make sure you won't disclose the information you have to anyone. You can't get away with this. Oh, you are in error, Miss Mason. We have gotten away with it in the past. We will again. The vacation business has been detoured to Pine Manor Lake. It will still follow that detour after your body is found floating in the ocean, a victim of a poisonous sea serpent. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't dare? Fred, Joe, what? Suppose we leave Miss Mason with the Rajah there for a while, while we step outside. Her education has been neglected. She has never met a six-foot cobra. No! You can't do that. You can't. Raise the lid of his cage and let him... The blue beetle. Yes, the blue beetle. He's going to nip harder than your cobra can strike. Open the cage, Joe. Then dive out the window. I've got the blue beetle covered with his gun. Save your bullets. You can't injure the blue beetle. That's a wise guy. Well, how do you like this? Let that be a lesson to you. Never telegraph your punches. Back up, you blue beetle. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, well, how do you like this blue beetle? A rattlesnake around your neck. <laughs> oh, you're a fool. No snake can bite through this chain armor. Here. I give it back to you. Ah, take it off, take it off. He'll kill me, he'll kill me. Uh, you're yellow in your corner, you murderous <laughs> crook. Look out, blue beetle. Don't fail the king cobra's cake. Get me out of here. Take it off. Get me out of here. I'll paralyze him with my magic ray. There. That'll hold him for a while. Now for the one around your neck, Slavitt. There. I should have let you die the agonizing death some of your victims have died. <laughs> I'm bitten. I'm poisoned. I'm going to die. Try poison, Slavitt. The law will take care of you in a proper manner. Here, Miss Mason. Give me a hand. We'll handcuff these lifeguards to the snake cages. Still unconscious. Now, put these snakes back in their cages. There. You certainly have a powerful punch, Blue Beetle. I need that power. Now, Mr. Slavitt, we'll take care of you. Keep them away from me. Keep the snakes away from me. Here, get in this room here. What are you going to do with me? Don't let them at me. Don't let them at me. Here, get up on this chair and climb up onto those rafters. Now, I'll just pull the King Cobra's box over here. Under you and open the lid. Then we'll shut the door and let the cobra guard you till the police arrive. I don't think you'll try to escape. Come on, Miss Mason. I'll drop you off at your hotel. You can phone a front page scoop to your paper. And the heading will be Sea Serpent Hope Exposed. Murderous racket smashed by the Blue Beetle. <laughs> Danny, uh, how did the lifeguards operate? 
They couldn't take the cobra into the water with them. No, they, they extracted the poison from his poison sacks. Used it in two hypodermic needles taped together. The hypodermic syringes were small and easily concealed in the palm of their hand. But when did they inject the poison into their victim? As they rescued them. Some poor devil was taken with a cramp and called for help. The lifeguards would swim off or roll out to him. Then when they got to him, they'd put their twin needles in him and give him a shot of poison. Those points made a double incision. Then they'd bring him into shore to die a painful death from cobra venom. What were the rattlesnakes used for? To feed the cobras. Professor Meredith told me that. Oh, I see. Well, how do you account for the stories of people actually seeing the sea serpent? Oh, they let their imaginations run riot after the lifeguard started the serpent story. I see. And you got your first clue from the poison detector ring I gave you? Yes, Doc. It was your gift to me that really saved the businessmen of Breakfast City from ruination. Well, you did a good job, Daddy. Yes, but I'm glad it's over. I never liked snakes. I'll fight them whether they crawl on their bellies or walk on two feet. And so another fiendish racket was smashed by the Blue Beetle. What will Dan Garrett's next assignment be? Where will the Blue Beetle strike next in his crusade against the underworld? These questions will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in. This and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, wherever you get podcasts, or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>